The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to BromleyTownChurch.com. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to church again. Here we are another Sunday. Rather different this week. This is the first time that we have done it live from my house. Lots of changes. You know what? During this week, there's been a whole lot of new phrases that I've heard. Here are some of them. Stay at home. When is the coronavirus going to be all over? Stop watching the news. What is Zoom? These and other phrases have been heard this week, certainly in our house and I expect in your houses, as we're all trying to get used to this new uh, regime that we're under. It's different, isn't it? One pastor I know uh, last week was trying to organise their service and to, to send it through Zoom. So they had all the church members connected up uh, live from home with cameras on their home where they were linking everybody together, which seems like a good idea. But as they were going through the service, they realised children were running across the front of the camera, noises were happening in the background, people were making cups of tea, people were dressed in their pyjamas or not dressed hardly at all, and so all sorts of complications. So at the end of the service, they realised, like, wow, we need to make some adjustments before next week. Well, we're not going to have that here, but there's lots of changes that we're all facing and that we're going through. And I hope that the changes that you're facing are not disturbing you, but we're taking one day at a time, which is what I believe we should be doing. Well, what's going on and what are we making everything of it? Uh, one thing's for sure, everything is strange, everything is different, and we're trying to cope with a new way of life. And that's for every one of us. And that's not just here in the UK. That goes for all of our friends and people that we know overseas too, because what is happening is actually an international, a worldwide thing. And in one sense, we shouldn't be surprised because in the Bible, it teaches that in the last days there will be, and it says in Timothy, there will be terrible times. And I guess these are what we would say. These are terrible times. They're difficult times. They're frustrating times. They're times of what the Bible would call as shakings. And this morning, we're going to be looking at that subject, shakings, shakings. What does that mean for us? What does the Bible have to say about that to us? So shakings is our main heading for this week. And I want to start off by introducing a couple of scriptures. Firstly, from Haggai, the prophet Haggai, chapter two, verse six says this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and what is desired by all nations will come and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord God Almighty. And that scripture is picked up by the writer to the Hebrews and he repeats it in Hebrews 12, 26 to 28, where it says, At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, Once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore it says, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. The Bible talks about shakings and shakings are going to come to us in the last days as particularly uh, in particular. And we are knowing that now. As a nation, we are being shaken. 
And I want to look this morning at Israel and the nation of Israel and the fact that they also had shakings in their lifetime. There are two particular shakings that they had. Shaking number one, the move from Egypt through to the land of Canaan. They went from bondage to liberty. They went from captivity into their own land. And then shaking number two, from Canaan to Babylon. They went from liberty to bondage. They went from their own land into captivity. In reality, both of these shakings caused the nation of Israel to have heartache, they suffered, and they went through many different challenges. But God was faithful in all, in all to them. He provided for them. He protected them. And ultimately, he restored them. But Israel had to walk through both of these shakings. So let's just take a quick look at them. Shaking number one. Now, shaking number one, in one sense, we love this story because this is the story of release. This is the story of fulfillment. This is the story of provision beyond their expectation. Israel were captive in Egypt. They were slaves. <clears throat> they were slaves to the Egyptians. But God, their God, delivered them. He brought them into the land that he had promised to them and he gave them more than that. He revealed to them his ways, his laws, his command. He revealed himself to them uh, on the Mount Sinai. But having said that, the whole process was a process of shaking. They were going from what they were used to. They were going from what for them, even though it was slavery, was normal life. They were taken out of that into a whole new experience and taken into a whole new experience of a new land. And on the way, they had to learn some very necessary lessons. Lessons which God used that whole process to teach them. We touched on one last week, but this is it. God is God. And you need to trust him daily. God is God and you need to trust him daily. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. It says, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Israel needed to learn this. That you don't actually just live on food and drink alone, but you live on the secret power of God. And that's what John Calvin in his commentary said. He said this, and I've changed the English a little bit to make it a little bit more understandable from the old fashioned English that he wrote in. As much as they were sometimes made to suffer hunger in the wilderness, God proves the advantage of this discipline because they learned that the human race does not live by bread and wine alone, but by the secret power of God. For though they all confessed that it is through God's goodness that the earth is fruitful, still their senses were so tied to meat and drink that they could rise no higher than that. And they did not, did not acknowledge God as their father and their nourisher, but rather they bound him down by outward means to what they are attached as if his hand of itself, without instruments, could affect or supply nothing. Now, I'm sorry, because the end of that, we're not really going to understand. But Calvin was making the point that, look, our tendency is just to focus on everyday needs, our food, our drink, and things like that. And even though, oh, yeah, we accept that God is there, we don't really take notice of him. And so by taking their food away, they had to focus on God. And that's a lesson that they had to learn in, in this whole process. Second lesson they had to learn was this. God's presence is vital. Exodus 33, 15 and 16, Moses says this. 
He says, if he says it to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? In other words, if we're going to be your people, if we're going to live for you, then your presence is really what makes the difference. There's no point in us just saying, oh, we're living for you. It's actually carrying your presence and your presence being with us that makes the difference. How else will other people know that we're your people? That's what Moses was saying. And the same, the same is very much true for us. But you know what? We can lose sight of these things. In fact, that's the whole issue that we're talking about. Even though we say, oh, God is there. He's our creator. We can lose sight of him. And so God himself recognized this and he said to Moses, tell the people about it. So in Deuteronomy chapter 8, 11 to 18, Moses brings this warning to the people and he says this, but that is the time to be careful. In other words, when you're in the promised land, when you're settled down, that's the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations and decrees that I am giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Our daily life needs to centre around God. His presence is vital to us. Worship, the praise and glory of his name should be a vital element in our lives. The question is, is it? So that was the first shaking that Israel faced. The second shaking was really much more of a shaking for them. It was taking them from Jerusalem to captivity in Babylon. The people were going about their everyday life. They were worshipping God. They were going through the motions of that they felt this is the right way. God's pleased with us. But in actual fact, in their lives, they had become corrupted. They were walking in the ways of the world of that time. They were worshipping other idols. They were even introducing that idol worship as part of their overall religious practices. God said he had had enough. And so therefore, Israel was taken, Judah was taken, uh, uh, Jerusalem was taken over, and the people were taken into captivity, into Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah gives us reasons for why this had happened. Jeremiah 32, verse 30 to 35 says this, Israel and Judah have done nothing but wrong since their earliest days. They have infuriated me with all of their evil deeds, says the Lord. From the time the city was built until now, it has done nothing but anger me, so I am determined to get rid of it. 
The sins of Israel and Judah, the sins of the people of Jerusalem, the kings, the officials, the priests and the prophets have stirred up my anger. My people have turned their backs on me and refused to return, even though I diligently taught them that they would not receive instruction or obey. They have set up their abominable idols right in my own temple, defiling it. They have built pagan shrines to Baal in the valley of Beth Hinnom, and there they sacrifice their sons and daughters to Molech. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. What an incredible evil causing Judah to sin so greatly. You see, it's because the people, they thought they were going through the right things, but in actual fact their hearts had got caught up in the ways of the world. And as far as God was concerned, they were doing wicked things uh, before him. Biblically speaking, we can see that God does allow shakings and he uses them to help people rediscover his presence and his life in their everyday situations. We can also see that God doesn't just do a miracle. He doesn't just stop everything from happening. He causes them to walk through this situation. Some already know that. Some already know how challenging these situations are. Some it's affecting more than others. But looking at Israel's experience and what they went through, we should be asking of ourselves, God, what are you saying to us at this time right now? Perhaps we should be asking this, Lord, what are we supposed to be learning at this time? Well, what did Israel learn? Israel had to learn this. God is God and you need to trust him daily. Have we really learned that man does not live on bread only? Do our lives show that? Do our lives show that we really do centre on the word of God? Israel had to learn that God's presence is vital. Are we in that situation? Are we in a place where we would say, no, I'm not going to go up from this place unless I know that God is going with me. I can't manage without his presence. Have we got so accustomed to the world's ways that we're completely unaware of our actual behaviour before God? Look, I don't know the answer to all of these questions. All I know is this, is that this is the time for us to seek him and to seek uh, answers for what is going on around us. Are we shaken? Yes, we're shaken. Are we confused? Yes, we are confused. Are we turning towards God? That's the question. And the answer hopefully is yes, we're seeking to turn towards God. Look, shakings come to get our attention. So let's make sure that we tell God, you've got my attention. Okay, now you've got my attention. What is it you want to say to me? Let's give him that opportunity. Shakings come to make us rethink. It might be a challenge for us suddenly to be all cooped up at home in the same house together. But at the same time, it's forcing us to get on with each other. It's forcing us to talk to each other about things perhaps we hadn't been talking about. It's forcing us to learn to appreciate each other. I'm not saying that that's always easy, but there are things that we're going through that are causing us to rethink, even in the experiences we're going through. Shakings come to make us rethink. Thirdly, shakings come to help us repent. Now, we can't repent of things that we don't know that we've done wrong. When we're unaware of something, you just let it pass. But now is an opportunity to be asking God, God, is there anything, anything in my life? Am I walking in ways that I shouldn't be? Is my spirit actually being stirred by your Holy Spirit to prompt me about that? We need to listen 
to what is going on inside of us. Shakings come and they give us the opportunity for us to turn before God and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have been like that. My attitude has been wrong. Please help me to change. Shakings come to get our attention. Shakings come to make us rethink. Shakings come to help us repent. The ultimate goal of shaking is to help to bring us back to where we're supposed to be with God. Let's never forget, God is holy, he is faithful, he is righteous, he is just, he is true, he is our father, he is our creator, he is the one who is for us, not against us. He is the one who's longing for us to come back to him. And the ultimate goal of any shaking is to say, listen, you've got yourself out of position, come back, find the right place and live correctly before me. Now, it's interesting that even though through the prophet Jeremiah, God was saying so many difficult things and challenging them in so many different ways. He also gives them this scripture, Jeremiah 32, verse 37 to 41. I will certainly bring my people back again from all the countries where I scatter them in my fury. I will bring them back to this very city and let them live in peace and safety. They will be my people and I will be their God. And I will give them one heart and one purpose to worship me forever, for their own good and for the good of all their descendants. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me and they will never leave me. I will find joy doing good for them and will faithfully and wholeheartedly replant them in this land. Even though there were shakings that Israel went through, God always had a plan for them to bring them back to the place that he had promised where they should be. And even though we're experiencing shakings right now, God's purpose and plan for us is to take us ultimately from this world to be with him and to live with him forever. And we can be secure in the fact that he, what he has promised, he will fulfill. Finally, what are the practical steps, therefore, that we should be going through? We mentioned some of these last week, but I'm going to repeat them again. We want to make a habit of daily reading the Bible. Have you done that? Have you started doing that? Are you allowing the Word of God to come back into your life? Perhaps you just think, I don't even know where to start. Listen, if you need to have a reading plan or you want to have a reading plan given to you, just email us into the church office and we'll get something sorted out because we want to be able to help you as far as that's concerned. Set a time of day. Try and make it the same time every day because that way you'll hold a pattern. Set aside a, aside a time of day that you as an individual go before God to pray. Ask him, Lord, help me to find out what's going wrong with my life. Help me to find out what's going wrong with this situation. Help me to know you better. Spend time with him alone. Try the same time every day. And also, Bring your family together and have a time together of prayer with your family. Let this shaking cause us to return to the Lord. Let this shaking do the work that shaking seemed to have done before to bring us back into the fullness of the purposes of what God wants. May God bless you. May he help you with all your work at home and everything you're doing, learning new things and all the challenges. Let God be with you. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this message from Bromley Town Church. You are always welcome to visit us on a Sunday morning or join us again for more messages here online. You can also stay connected with us at www.bromleytownchurch.com.